As we turn, as we turn in our Bibles to Luke 3, we'll stand to give honor to the word of the Lord. Because God's word is holy and infallible. And we give honor to this, the word of eternal life. So if you're able, stand please. Luke 3, starting at verse 1. Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene. And the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness, and he came into all the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight, and the The rough road smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And he who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force, or accuse anyone falsely, and be content with your wages. Now, while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel to the people. But when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by him because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the wicked things which Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would help us to understand and to believe this, your holy word, to receive the holy gospel and to bear forth fruit in keeping with repentance. 
For we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The preaching of John is perhaps some of the absolute, absolute most vivid and frightening threats, I would say, in all of the Holy Scripture. Um, twice in our sermon text, as we read, of uh, God casting certain persons into hellfire, being thrown into the fire. Not only that, the second mention of fire is not just any fire, but it's unquenchable fire. That's an eternal fire that will burn for all eternity. But if we look at these threats and we take it in scope of what God has done, this is not something that is unloving and mean. He's seeking to spare his hearers of eternal woe and damnation. Before reading um, of John's initial preaching, I want us to go back and look at a little context concerning the father of John, Zacharias. Remember, Zacharias was serving in the temple. He was burning incense. It was his time. I guess he drew lots to go in that time. And then what happened was it was told by the angel that he and his wife, Elizabeth, who were both in old age, were going to bear a son. Well, at first he didn't believe the angel, and what did the angel do? The angel, you could say, disciplined him by making him unable to speak until all these things came to pass. And after John was born, his tongue was loosed, his mouth was open, and then he gave a prophecy shortly thereafter. And this is mentioned in chapter 1. He said concerning the child, You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways. And then chapter 1 concludes that the child continued to grow and to become strong in the spirit and lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance. Well, today's text marks his beginning of his public appearance and his preaching. It was the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar when Pontius Pilate was governor in Judea and Herod was the tetrarch of Galilee. As we look at today's text, the main focus is that to be saved, you must embrace Christ by faith and demonstrate fruit, fruit in keeping with repentance. We'll look at this in two main points, the preparation for Christ, and then secondly, we'll look at fruits of repentance. Let's look at this first main point, the preparation for Christ. Look at verses 2 and 3. In, or you could say during, uh, the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into the, into the district around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. A key part of John's preaching is a baptism of repentance for the, repentant, for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism, baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, a lot of us may look at this word repentance and gloss over it. But this word is very important. In the Greek, it is pronounced metanoia. And it means to change one's mind, of one's way of life, as a result of a complete change of thought and attitude with regard to sin and righteousness. To repent or to change one's ways. 
That's what it means to have repentance. Now, the Holy Spirit's intent in John's message and in all of the Bible is that we don't just believe in Jesus. Because some people believe and say, well, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, but they live like the devil. The intent is that true repentance is involved resulting in a changed way of life, especially a turning from one's sinful ways. That's what God calls for you. Those who were coming to John to be baptized were making a commitment to repent of their wicked ways, their sinful ways, as they were being baptized by John. Now, while, while writing this account, we see here that Luke gives the testimony of Isaiah. Now, those who were standing and being baptized and hearing the preaching of John, they didn't receive that testimony or that prophecy of Isaiah. Maybe some of them didn't really realize it, and we'll see later why I believe they, they missed it. But look at this um, mention of the prophecy of Isaiah in verses 4 through 6. This is for the preparation of John's, uh, John's ministry as a preparation for Christ. Verses 4 through 6. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight and the rough roads smooth. And all flesh will see the salvation of our God, of God. Don't miss this transportation imagery here. Now, we have four-wheel drive vehicles that can pretty much handle most terrains, but back then they had carts, likely with wooden wheels, um, pulled by a donkey or maybe one or two donkeys or a mule. And think about having a cart pulled by a donkey going across ravines, mountains, hills, and rough, crooked roads. Seems kind of impossible. But John's preaching came as if to make a smooth Roman road for the sake of the gospel, to make a smooth path to prepare the way of the Lord. Those hearing John's preaching didn't make that connection that John Um, was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Look at verse 15. It's evident there. The people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ. And evidently some asked him because it says here next, John answered. John answered them by saying he was not the Christ. Look at verse 16. As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Any good preacher who is filled with the Holy Spirit does not exalt himself, but exalts Jesus Christ. He does not teach another message about one's best life now, health, wealth, or prosperity, or preaching themselves, but instead preaches Jesus Christ and salvation through him alone. 
And John here is an example that all ministers are to follow, that he put Christ at the forefront. John said that the Messiah was going uh, to be divine um, he, because he was going to do the work of God as judge of all mankind. Look at verse 17. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, those Jehovah's Witnesses who come to your door who want to say that Jesus is not God, what is he doing here judging all of mankind? That's not the prerogative even for one of the most powerful first created angels as they would claim he is. The prerogative of God is to be judge, and that's what Jesus is. He is judge of the living and the dead, and this was foretold here by um, John the Baptist, telling of what the Messiah would do, that he would be the divine one and acting as the judge of the living and the dead. It should be your desire, brothers and sisters, that you be found not as chaff to be burned with fire, but that you would be the true wheat of God, that you would be put into the very born as uh, the inheritance of God. But this passage teaches us what we must do to be spared from eternal woe, that we might be truly seen in a, as the wheat of God. Let's look at the fruits of repentance, verse 7. The fruits of repentance. So John uh, began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, I don't think Dale Carnegie would have liked this statement because his prerogative in business was, as his book says, how to win friends and influence people. I don't know if John made a lot of friends here in that regard, but you know what? John said what needed to be said, according to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led John to bring down some of these very proud Jews, not only one notch, but maybe two or three notches. And that's what they needed. And sometimes you have to remember this statement, and I want you to remember it. Again, soft preaching makes hard hearts. Hard preaching makes soft, tender hearts. Again, hard preaching makes soft, tender hearts. Now, Matthew 12, Jesus likewise called some of the Jews, especially Pharisees, and we believe that, I believe here in John's account of uh, this, I mean, Luke's account of John's preaching here, that there were some of the religious elites who were presuming upon the covenant rather than having any kind of true, sincere faith in God. But Jesus, and likewise, in Matthew 12, called some of the Pharisees a brood of vipers. And part of that is in connection with them saying that the work of Jesus was the very work of Satan. Look at that later. But one of the most massive, damnable sins John's mentioning here was that of what we call covenant presumption. Covenant presumption. They were presuming upon the covenant. Verse 8. Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. 
So a young person shouldn't say, well, I have a Christian pastor, a Christian deacon, or a Christian elder as my parent, my, or my, uh, my father, and therefore I know that I'm, uh, I'm okay with God. And you've heard me cite this many times before in Holy Scripture from Genesis 17.7, when God promised to Abraham, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. You've also heard me mention that tying this in with Acts chapter 2 in Peter's sermon when he said, For the promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Verse 39. But it is a very wrong interpretation that you should presume that you are a Christian just because your parents are Christians. Just as it was it was necessary for your parents to repent and believe the gospel as you come to a level of understanding of what the Bible says, as you come to an understanding of what sin is, as you come to an understanding of who God is and who Jesus Christ is, you must repent and believe in the gospel likewise. And you likewise must bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Now John's words here, have a vital warning if you profess faith yet are fruitless in your Christian faith. Verse 9. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear fruit, good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. I could imagine if you were there hearing John's preaching that you would have been kind of fearful, especially if you were one of those who are not sure about your faith. But John's preaching put the fear of God in many who heard him. And that's, that fear of God is evident in what questions they then asked. They asked him, what then shall we do? Kind of similar to those who heard the preaching of, of Peter and were cut to the heart. What shall we do? John's answer is given in verses 11 through 14. The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none. He who has food is to do likewise. And some tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. Some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely. And be content with your wages. Now, some might look at this and say, well, this looks more like salvation by good works. But in these passages, I think what the Holy Spirit is telling us through the preaching of John is that God wants you, yes, to believe and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But if you receive and believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, your life is to demonstrate resulting fruit in keeping of true repentance and faith in Christ, which means that you should be a certain type of person if the Holy Spirit is working in you. Loving, giving, sharing, fair, honest, and a content person. If you lack any of these things and you're selfish 
and you don't care to give to anybody, but you always want to take, then you need to ask God to work and help you to demonstrate fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, Herod, I don't think, was likely willing to ask John, what must I do? But John was going to tell him anyway, wasn't he? Look at verses 19 through 20. But when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by him, that is by John, because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the wicked things which Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all, to his, all of his wicked acts. He locked up John in prison. John spoke his mind and did what was right, even despite the consequences. If there is sin and wickedness in the culture, preaching should point that out. And if this nation or other nations should make it illegal to preach against sexual immorality, especially the sin of homosexuality, saying that this is not legal because it's hate speech, then a preacher who's filled with the Word of God should be willing to suffer even time in prison for the sake of being obedient to God. Brothers and sisters, to be saved... You must embrace Jesus Christ by faith and you must demonstrate fruit in keeping with repentance. John came in preparation of the Holy Gospel. He came and said, I am not the Christ, but he came to prepare the way of the Messiah. He made a glorious highway in preparation for the Lord. John warned of the coming judgment. And he told us that this Messiah who was to come was going to be God himself with the very prerogative as judge. His winnowing fork was going to be in his hand and he was going to clear the, the threshing floor. He was going to gather his wheat into his barn and he was going to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. If you have not believed and received the gospel, you must first believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins that he was raised so that you might be raised from the dead on that great day. He, ascends, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And if you confess your sins and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. But being saved results in fruit-bearing. You are to have fruits of true repentance and faith. The axe is already laid at the root of the tree so that every tree that does not bear Good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Brothers and sisters, God calls you to bear forth fruits in keeping with repentance. Let's pray together. Our blessed Father, we pray that you would help us to receive the gospel and to bear forth fruit in keeping with true repentance. That this holy religion would not be something superficial to our lives, but that it would be central, crucial, that we would make it the very center of our lives and that we would bear forth much fruit. Forgive us of our many sins and help us, we pray, to bring forth the fruits of love, compassion, kindness, sharing, um, self-sacrificial love for others. Help us to be fair and to be honest and to be content. Help us in these things, for we ask it all in the name of Jesus our Lord.
Amen.